Hey, what's up? It's Jared with State of Tech. Today I have the Galaxy S20 Ultra and I'm going to talk about my first week with this phone. Now, not all the time do I have an opportunity to like really test almost everything about a phone within the first week of use, but this time I did. I got the phone in and a day later my family and I left for Disneyland. We were down in Disneyland for a couple of days, so that's like seven hours of driving, of course, uh, several days of just being in a crazy place like Disneyland with photo opportunities everywhere and using my phone for a lot of things. Of course, from time to time, I was checking email and updating things, posting to social media, sharing, uh, of course, our experiences down in Disneyland, and then just navigating all the way back. And so I got a lot of, of opportunities to use this phone, uh, of course, not being around a charger. So kind of figuring out how that battery life would do in a real life situation, like utilizing your phone at Disneyland. You know, your phone is out a lot at Disneyland taking pictures, doing all the different things uh, as you go through Disneyland, especially with the app, trying to get fast passes and all this other crazy stuff dialed in on a phone. You end up with a lot of screen on time just trying to make your day happen. So I was super excited to be able to test the phone out. Previously, I had launched a couple of videos talking about the phone and my thoughts on it, a few concerns about the camera and the different situations going on there. And so in this video, I'm going to talk about my initial experiences having just got back with fresh experiences of using this phone in a situation like that. And then of course, in future videos, I will dig deeper into the specifics and a little bit of the technical on uh, why the experiences were the way that I had uh, them this last week in Disneyland. So the S20 Ultra is an absolutely fantastic phone. It's a, a big phone, but for some reason it just doesn't feel as big as the numbers would lead. Of course, phones that are almost seven inches in size typically would uh, would be massive, but because of the small bezels all the way around this phone, it being almost all screen, it's definitely a nice experience there. Now, I was excited about the camera, as I've talked about in other videos, and of course, apprehensive a little bit too, because there's a lot going on with the cameras and stuff here. The beautiful screen was really nice because as I'm taking pictures, as I'm looking at the screen, uh, even consuming some content and what little downtime I did have when we were in Disneyland, the screen was just an absolutely beautiful experience. And that's definitely always been Samsung, especially for the last multiple years. The screens are just absolutely phenomenal in these phones. And so no complaints there at all. I definitely loved that. The phone is a little bit heavier than what I'm used to. This is a thick phone. And I definitely noticed that the first second that I opened the box and grabbed the phone out of the box. Even the box itself, I thought, wow, this seems kind of heavy, uh, but maybe it's other things that are in there. And then when I pulled the phone out, I was like, man, that is a thick phone. That is a lot going on there uh, compared to what we're used to these days. All the phones have been getting smaller, 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 and Samsung comes out with a phone that is a little bit thicker that has a really thick camera hump on the back. But with all that aside, I mean, who cares? It's a phone. It's still small. Uh, what is the performance like? And that's really what I wanted to know and why I was excited to be able to just straight up go to Disneyland with a phone that I just got. So 
Battery life was absolutely fantastic on this phone. Lasted me all day. I had it in basically medium to high settings as far as display quality. I didn't have it in the full resolution. I had it one notch down, which is typically where I'm at. Still above HD quality, but not the full quality display of the phone. I was not at 120 hertz refresh rate either because I knew that that would take away from the phone's battery life because it is not an adaptive refresh rate that only ramps up to 120 hertz when needed. It's just 120 hertz all the time, which means the battery life is going to take a tax there, and I just didn't want to have to deal with that. And really, in complete honesty, there are not many situations when I would necessarily need that 120 hertz. Yes, it makes for really smooth, buttery scrolling, uh, and it was fun to kind of play with, but the trade-off in battery life is just something that I wasn't willing to have to deal with, especially being gone all day being in Disneyland for like 12 hours a day, I definitely didn't want to have my phone running out of battery. So nothing slowed down for me. Of course, I had a navigation app. I had Disney's app opened. I had a bunch of other apps that were kind of open that I didn't want to close out all the way because I was quickly accessing them. Checking email from time to time because it, this was a vacation, but it wasn't technically like a vacation where I went fully off the grid. And so there was a lot that I was trying to do from my phone throughout the day. And I had a decent amount of screen on time each day. So the battery life definitely held up and the phone never slowed down on me at all. That has been something definitely with the last several versions of the Samsung phones, both the S line and the Note, is that these phones just don't slow down. They've got enough processor performance, they've got enough RAM, they've got enough storage that you can just throw anything at these phones and you're not going to have any issues. And I really do like that because there's nothing worse than having a phone that slows down on you a couple of months after you have it. And that is definitely something that has been an issue with Android phones for a very long time. So with that said, I mean, uh, of course I utilize this phone in a lot of different ways. Navigation to and from LA, six to seven hours of driving, um, lots of different scenarios in there, but most people are interested in the camera and really that is what I wanted to test. So the camera I used quite a bit at Disneyland and there are a lot of situations where this camera is absolutely fantastic but there are a lot of situations in which it absolutely fails and I missed many shots because of the camera on this phone. So let's talk about it. Now the ultra wide camera is fairly standard. There isn't a whole lot going on there. It is a, an ultra wide camera like any other phone's ultra wide camera. And so I didn't have any issues there whether I was shooting video with the ultra wide, shooting photos with the ultra wide, very simple, no problems, nothing crashed, no issues there at all. The issues started when I went into these other cameras. When going into the main camera, which is the standard wide camera, of course, if I left it as it opened, I was able to take pictures and didn't have any problems. It wasn't until I started to zoom in and do different things with the camera that I started having issues, such as the camera app continuously crashing on me. And then it was a challenge to get the camera app back opened. I'm down on the little bridge waiting for my family to come down Splash Mountain, of course, to take a picture like most people do, even though Splash Mountain takes that famous picture for you. I was trying to film it and take pictures as my family was going down that ride and the camera app kept crashing on me. And then simply trying to relaunch the camera app did nothing. I had to force quit the app and then open it again. Sometimes I even had to like lock and unlock the phone. I had to do this weird dance essentially just to get the camera app to open back up, which is really frustrating. Of course, Zoom 
zooming in is not the best experience. It is nice to be able to get in super close to things, but the experience is not that good. I will say that image stabilization, when you start to zoom in really far like that, can be kind of tricky. Unless you have a really high-end camera, the more you zoom in, the more shaky and wobbly things are gonna get. So I don't wanna knock Samsung completely and say that it's unusable because it is somewhat usable if you have a really steady hand and there is not any movement going on in the background. Every photo that I tried to take zoomed in with anything going on, any sort of motion, the photo was pretty much unusable. There was blur, and I think that there's just too much going on in this camera to be able to utilize. Of course, if I'm taking a landscape photo or a photo of something that is not moving at all, I can zoom in pretty far and have a really good-looking image. Even 10x still looks decent and is usable. Of course, if you get beyond 10x, things start to fall apart. A lot of other people have talked about that and showed the fact that zooming in beyond 10x, the image is unusable, but I mean, that's, that's, just, that's just what it is. But in any movement, unless you are at standard zoom, your photo tends to fall apart because the camera just, I don't know what it is. It can't do the computations fast enough. Something isn't going on that's right there, but the photo just is unusable. So really the only chance that you're gonna have any use for zooming in capabilities on this phone is if the things that you're taking pictures of are not moving and you have the ability to hold the phone as still as possible, perhaps even putting it in some sort of a mount and uh, using the countdown feature so you can tap the shutter, step away from the phone, let it take its picture without any movement possible. It is really kind of a bummer because they tout these features as being something that are revolutionary, but they're just not useful in most situations. That is why we would want this zoom, these features, is so we can get in close. We're at our child soccer game. We want to zoom in and get a close-up action shot of them. We're at Disneyland, and we want to zoom in and get a close-up shot of our child uh, from a distance on some sort of a ride. And you're not, you're just not going to be able to do that and get a usable photo out of this phone. And it's a $1,400 phone. You can actually get a really nice camera with a zoom lens for $1,400 that's going to blow this thing out of the water. All right, so we talked about the wide angle. Let's go into the telephoto lens. The telephoto lens pretty much tells the same story that I just told about the wide lens. Uh, it's really nice and it works great until you start to zoom in. That's when things fall apart. The zooming, of course, there is a little bit of optical zoom here, which is nice. The optical zoom definitely uh, doesn't use as much uh, processing and computation as the digital zoom, but it still does not perform as well as just the standard width of the lens without doing any zoom uh, or moving in. Of course, as we zoom more and more, things just continuously fall apart. Now, I, I, like I said, I, I do like having these features. It is neat to be able to zoom in, to be able to see things. It's a little bit less of a problem when you're shooting video because video is movement, things are moving, and so the natural motion blur that you get in a video is not as big of a deal as a still photo. So in talking about video with these different lenses, zooming in, it's not as big of a deal as shooting photos. Of course, the video still is not as good of quality as if you had stayed at the native focal length of these lenses, but 
uh, you can still use them. They're more usable in video mode than they are in photo mode. Now, of course, going into 8K, I'm not even going to show you the 8K because it is unusable. It is a gimmicky feature. Samsung is trying to get us all to buy 8K televisions. So let's talk about 8K on a smartphone to make people more excited about 8K. I just don't think 8K uh, that we're anywhere near it. Of course, 8K has been in process for a long time, just like 4K was. It's going to take an awful long time for us to even really have to even talk about 8K. So the fact that this phone shoots 8K video, that's completely useless. And the quality of the video is so subpar to shooting 4K video that it doesn't even make sense to use. Of course, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, well, I'll shoot 8K and then I can crop in and all that stuff. But in the reality of it, it's such a huge file, it's so hard to process that footage, both either on the smartphone or on a computer, that it's just kind of useless to have. Yes, it's neat. I shot that in 8K or whatever. It's kind of fun to mess around with. I definitely was messing around with it but it's just not usable. You can only shoot in 24p, which is fine. I don't mind that, but the quality just isn't there. There's quite a bit of crop in when you start to shoot in 8K, which means now your lenses focal lengths are different and it's just the whole thing looks different. And so the 8K just is not really usable to me. I don't have a use for it, so I'm definitely not going to use it. I'm just gonna shoot in 4K. What I really wish that they would have done is improved upon the 4K shooting options. There is no 4K 20 24p option to shoot in, which is kind of a bummer. When you shoot in 4K 60p, you lose the tracking autofocus and you also lose some image stabilization. So there are some issues there that I think that if they had just put their their energy into making that a priority over 8K that's not even usable, then uh, it would have been a better overall experience. So I do feel that there were a lot of sacrifices made to hit these big numbers like 8K video, 100X space zoom, and 108 megapixels. These are things that uh, they're big numbers and we're just not in that race anymore of having huge amounts of megapixels and huge amounts of zoom. Like these things, we want quality over these gimmicky features. And I think Samsung just really went a little too far here in the specs race, which they definitely get caught up in with smartphones, is just trying to blow everybody else's numbers out of the water when now it's looking at performance and quality and we're lacking that on this phone. So definitely there are some great uses for this. The low light capabilities on this phone are great, of course, if your situation is fairly static and things aren't moving. Of course, if things are moving, that starts to fall apart a bit and it's questionable as to whether or not other phones that have less low light capability can actually produce a better image because of the, the blurriness of the image that you're going to get. So with that said, this phone is great. I do enjoy this phone as far as a phone goes, but it is not going to be my main shooter as far as a camera goes on a smartphone. I get more use out of my Note 10 Plus as far as quality and everything goes when it comes to freezing action, when it comes to those situations where I uh, am stretching the camera a little bit. I feel that my Note 10 Plus does a little bit better of a job than the S20 Ultra. 
and then there are those instances where the S20 Ultra does work really well, but I feel like it's taking a lot more of my own effort as a photographer to make sure that situations are good so that this phone will perform the way that I think Samsung wanted it to perform. So it is a real bummer that this phone is as expensive as it is and is not quite performing up to the standards that I think most of us would expect for the cost of the phone and of course what was said and promoted for these cameras that are on it. But some things can be adjusted with software updates. Some things can still be fixed. We'll have to see what comes. It's definitely not typical for Samsung to change a whole lot about a phone once it's released. Once a product is out there in the world, things don't typically change on a Samsung phone at all until the next product comes. So we'll see if anything changes. I will definitely keep all of you informed here. But you'll want to stick around and watch my full reviews of this device as I have the chance to put those together. So make sure to subscribe to the channel here. If you're interested in buying this phone, you could buy it off of Amazon if you use my link below. It helps support the channel. There's no cost to you for doing that. Just click on the link and check out the pricing, color options, and all that stuff that are available. Also make sure to check out my S20 cases video for the S20 Ultra. I just got done with that as well. Went through a lot of cases, gave you some options to protect this phone and its huge camera hump. So I hope that you enjoyed this video. It's more discussion style for sure. Maybe you were listening to it on the podcast. I just appreciate you being here and watching or listening until the end. But that's going to do it for today. Thanks so much for being here. I hope to see you back in the next one. Take care.